Welcome to Great Commission Conversations, a program where we engage in conversation with Bible-believing Christian workers who are serious about getting the gospel around the world. I'm Lee Cadenhead, missionary to Zimbabwe, Africa, sent out of Cornerstone Baptist Church in Carthage, Tennessee, and your host for this Great Commission Conversation. Preparing missionaries for the rigors of foreign mission service is an important and often neglected task. The sending and support role of the local church is, after all, bigger than financing the mission. In today's program, Brother Matthew Stallman tells us about his efforts to help the church do a better job at preparing men for foreign mission service through the Beyond Borders Missionary Training Camp. Additionally, we talk about the homeschool curriculum that he's recently launched to inform another generation of young people about the historical, geographical, and religious layout of the world that Christ has called the church to evangelize. Brother Stallman is really passionate about the Great Commission, and he's fervently and thoughtfully doing what he can to help churches and families do their part to obey our Lord's parting command. This is part two of an interview with Brother Matthew Stallman on Beyond Borders and Impact Geography. So, Brother Stallman, you you mentioned in our in our previous uh, segment here that you mentioned that some of those statistics: uh, twelve thousand independent Baptist churches, approximately in the United States. Some reportedly five thousand missionaries, uh, which you know averages to less than half of independent Baptist church uh, churches in America that are sending. In reality, it's far far less than that because you have a concentration of missionaries out of certain churches, uh, whereas most churches, the vast majority of churches, have never sent. But let me engage you on a, on a, on a scenario, okay? Um, because as you pointed out, we've got to change the way that we approach the, if we're, if we're going to meet the need, the missionary need around the world, uh, it's going to, that's going to be affected by making some fundamental changes in our homes in the way that we rear children, in the way that we think about our objectives for the next generation, and it's going to need to, uh, it's going to require changing the way that we think as churches and some of our objectives and what are, what what the goals are. Let's suppose one of those thousands of churches that has never sent a missionary, they get the burden, they see the need, uh, they have a desire to deploy. And they have uh, selected, the Lord has directed them to a remote region of the world or um, an economically depressed region of the world, third world, say. And when they submit themselves for missionary service, uh, this, this, this church is just thrilled. They're excited. They're motivated. Let's, let's suppose that this young family is the best family in that church. I think the standard way of thinking is we've got to get these guys some money raised so that they can go to the field and God will take care of the rest. <laughs> right. Yes, sir. And I think and- that that is naive. I think that that is, that, that is not quite embracing um, the full responsibility of the local church in sending and we could we could illustrate yes. this with you. You even in the in the previous uh, segment, you mentioned you made uh, passing reference to the military, the the having having a cause. This is why young people unite, join the military. But before we send soldiers into battle, uh, and and when we think about the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ, foreign missionaries are like the special forces. Uh, we give extensive training to our American military forces before we send them abroad. 
but we seem to give we seem to provide very few resources and very little training for foreign missionaries before deploying them. So this seeing this need has has motivated you to try to meet the need to provide some exposure, some experience, some transparency with young with with young families, with prospective missionaries, with interested church members on what it's going to take to thrive and to survive on the foreign mission field. So tell me tell me how this how Beyond Borders developed if you would. So Beyond Borders came to to be in 2006 and again it came out of that missions conference where God was kind of revitalizing me repurposing me for for another ministry. And uh it came from that conversation where that gentleman said, didn't anybody tell you about this? And I said, no. So the next day we ended up at Burger King and at Burger King, he pulls out a napkin and a pen and he just starts writing some stuff down. He says, Hey, here's some things missionaries ought to know. And it was, this was just at a conversation. Well, as that napkin began to fill up and, and I'm beginning to be honest with him and with myself, there's so many things on the list. I still didn't know, you know, even after been to African home, and we begin to look at that and to think, okay, what could we do? Is there a part that we can play in helping young people to prepare? Now, we've addressed already in, in this last part here, the home is so vitally important to creating missionaries. I, for the most part, missionaries are created in the home. And then the local church for the doctrinal education and for all that they're getting and, and for their spiritual strength. But there are some things that only a missionary can teach a missionary. In sure. fact, I always say this, that uh, the most important decision you'll ever make in your missionary career is choosing your missionary mentor. Now, my father is a mentor to me in a lot of things. He'll help me. He can help me spiritually. He can help me rebuild my tractor. My pastor can help me in a lot of things. But as a missionary, I need a missionary to help me through some of these different things. And so we put together that list, and this was 2006, October. We scheduled for the next uh, summer, we scheduled July and August of the next summer as a five-week missionary boot camp where we were going to teach missionaries everything that we knew. Well, brother, it did not take five weeks. <laughs> everything I knew could be taught in about <laughs> three days. Uh, and it was hot and it was hard and it was chaotic and we did our best. We had seven students the first year. And yeah, look, no one knew me. You know, I mean, we just started from scratch. We didn't know anybody. And uh, we had seven students that first year. And uh, we just went down the list that, on that napkin. And we started teaching how to change a, a, a tire, we, how to cook your uh, food, you know, over fire, how to do your laundry by hand. We had uh, Dr. Greg Waller came in. Dr. Greg had been a uh, missionary down in South America for years. And he came in and he began to talk about tropical diseases. We, we had uh, we had another missionary come in uh, and join us, and he imparted us to some wisdom. So we, we did our best 2007. And uh, honestly, when we got done, we said, well, that was not very good. <laughs> I mean, we really <laughs> tried. Uh, 2008, my wife and I were looking at each other. We thought, wait, well, should we even try this again? Well, we did. We scheduled another we scheduled another camp. And, and that second year, a friend of mine who uh, was – uh, Lieutenant Colonel Samuel Martin, and you may know him from Bearing Precious Seed. He's worked with printing scriptures since about 2000 or so, so about 20 years in scripture uh, printing ministry. But uh, he had just returned home from Afghanistan, 
and I called him and I said, you know, we are lacking structure. We have ideas, but we don't have a plan. And so 2008, he came into camp and he really helped us lay out a concept of how do you impart these skills and how do you put the structure together to where it's not just something that goes in one ear and out the other. And, and that second year we said, this is, this is doable. We can do this. And, uh, boy, I tell you what, in the last few years, God has put together a team of people at the beyond borders camp where we take young people who are primarily are sheltered. Look, we're, we shelter, maybe we over shelter people, but we shelter people. And so we have these college students that come in they have not experienced life outside of the uh, community of Christ, the church, and, and, and their families. And uh, we take them to places. One year we took them to the inner city. We spent the evening on the, on the street with the homeless people, and then we joined all of the homeless people in the homeless shelter and stayed there that night and, and slept there. On, uh, I think about 60 men in the men's shelter that night. We prepared their <laughs> meal for them. We preached the gospel to them the next morning. And brother, you talk about some strange things happening in that place. There was some strange things. But if you can't deal with a homeless shelter in St. Louis, you probably can't deal with Africa. And so we take these students way out of their comfort zone. Primarily, we do scenario-based training. And again, that's another uh, something we took from the military guys that started coming in. We put them into a scenario. This year's scenario is actually North Africa. And so we'll start in Morocco, and then from Morocco, we cross into Algeria. And so we encounter different cultures, different languages, different, uh, different cuisine. And, and it's a constant test of, of, of not just physical strength. Anyone can be physically strong. That's not what this is. This is the will to adapt and overcome and engage new obstacles, new foods, new languages, new cultures. And so we really focus in primarily on culture, security, and medical training. And where we've excelled in the last few years has been in the medical training. And uh, a, a man came to us about six or seven years ago, one of the premier medical trainers in the United States. We focused on the tropical disease, but we really took a big hard turn to some of the traumatic things that happen on the mission field. So massive hemorrhage, head injuries, um, car accidents. So the medical side has really come and and grown. We've got a, uh, we've got some guys coming this year for our security and they'll take our security to another level. Um, they work with a place called operation Mordecai who does Christian security, uh, here in the United States and abroad. Um, the guys who run that they're special operators. They've been deployed, uh, Iraq, Afghanistan, they've been employed in different places covertly in, in places that they would not mention. And so they're coming to bring us to a new level. So when, when I started this, I was like, Hey guys, don't do stupid stuff. You know I mean? I just didn't have the, I didn't have it, brother. I mean, I didn't, I didn't know it. And I, I've learned some of it as I go and I can fake my way through it, but I'm not that guy. You know what I mean? I'm not a doctor. I'm not a, uh, I'm not a special operator, never killed anybody, never healed anybody. But the team <laughs> yeah. that God has brought us, they're speaking from firsthand experience in some of the most difficult situations in the world. And then the missionaries that God has brought us. So this year we have 22 students signed up that starts in the camp here in, in two weeks. 
And we have 22 students signed up, but I have 20 instructors. And so wow. those 20 instructors are going to be pouring themselves and their experiencing their experiences into these missionaries. And the young missionaries, man, they're, they're, they're zealous, they're excited. What they will get here is an eye-opening three-week scenario that shows them the difficulties that, not that they could face on the mission field, but that they will face one day on the mission field. And we've been at this now since 2007, and we've ran about 25 of these camps. And we've been at it long enough now that we get constant feedback from missionaries on the field now who say, look, I'm grateful for that lesson because we just had to do that. I'm grateful for learning how to suture. I had to sew up my brother-in-law's leg. I'm grateful for <laughs> for the security stuff because one of our team members was killed and, and we had to have an emergency extraction. We've been at it long enough that we're seeing we're on target. Now we adapt every year. Every year we make changes. Um, but, but look, I don't own this. Any church who has military professionals, law enforcement professionals, who have medical professionals, who have veteran missionaries, any church could do what we're doing and replicate it. In fact, I'm ready to retire, honestly, out of this. My wife and I keep looking at this and say, man, July and August in Missouri is hot. Why are we doing this? (laughs) So there's no reason that I own that type of training. I would encourage every pastor and missions organization to say, okay, we have our hands full of guys who have these skills. Why don't we impart these skills to the next generation so that they can adapt and overcome all of these things that happen on the mission field? I would love to see others take that up. Well, brother, that's obviously related to that, to to the second part of a, a sort of a paradigm change that you described in the in the previous segment where the church corporately has got to own the Great Commission. And that doesn't mean that everybody needs to deploy but everybody needs to find their place in working with those who deploy, and and Absolutely. I agree with you wholeheartedly. It's an, and and I would say I would say that it's not even it's it's not only medical professionals. It's not it's not only um, retired military personnel. It's also it's also people in building trades. It's it's like it, anything that anything that is useful in life is going to be useful on the on the yes, foreign sir. mission field. And and God has 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 built into the body of Christ the 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 skills and the resources needed not only to pay for the passage, but to see that the men that uh, go to those foreign fields have the have the tools and the skills and the awareness uh, to to be effective. You know, you're so, right, Brother Lee. You know, instead of binging Netflix on Tuesday, you could go up to church and learn how to change the oil in a car or how to unstop amen. a toilet. I mean, there are men who could teach and ladies who could teach. And and there there would be a great excitement, I believe, in a church that really yeah. embraced that. Um, so for Beyond Borders, um, what is your target? When, when you describe these 22 students that are coming in in a very short time for your next camp, what's your target audience in terms of what, what, what's the makeup of your students? Primarily, this camp will focus on, on the college group. Um, there okay. are a few colleges in the United States who do give credit for this class. And so even though they have to pay for the class and they come and, and they, they go through it, it's a very difficult class. Uh, they're also getting their college credit as they're here, and, and that's a big deal for them. Most of them are fully surrendered to missions. Most of them will end up on the mission field somewhere. I do have students that come 
uh, either from college or, or from some other avenue who, who are, are not sure. They just, sure. they may or may not do missions. Uh, some of them come for the adrenaline. I think they're kind of crazy because if I wasn't going to be a missionary, <laughs> I probably wouldn't put myself through that. Um, but primarily 90% of these folks are, are bound for the mission field at some point. Um, we really focus in over 18 years old just for liability issues. Occasionally we, we do have lots of bumps and bruises and cuts and some broken bones. So we focus in on, on the adults, but we have had, we have had some of our greatest students, uh, two that stand out. Mrs. Sharon Goodman, I think was 60 years old when she came to camp preparing to go to Africa. (laughs) And brother, I, I, I just kept telling the young men, look at this lady. You guys are so young and so strong, but nobody is is outworking or outpacing her. She just did fantastic, and uh, she did a great job. And then uh, there was a missionary from Honduras that came, and brother, he was such a great blessing. He was forty six, and again, the days are long. It's difficult, but the security uh, training and the medical training he received here. He said, no one's ever told me about all of this. He said, no one's ever told me. And he was only back in Honduras for about a month and they had a medical emergency that was really uh, pretty devastating. And, uh, he was able to cope with it and to put in his, uh, the implementation process that he learned here at camp. And uh, later on, I met his wife. She was the one that was injured. I'd met his wife and she said, man, we are so grateful for that, for those classes and for what he learned there and in, in, in the process that, that they were able to uh, rely on. And so it's not just college students, but that is our primary focus. Um, sure. Occasionally sure. what will happen at camp is I'll have a missionary organization or a f- couple families will call me and say, hey, we, we want a specialized camp for this specific area of the world and for these scenarios. And we will do that for them uh, as the Lord opens those doors for us to do. And so we usually do that as a separate event. Sure, sure. So, brother, I think it it looks to me like that that issue of missionary preparedness and and especially maybe in relation to uh, the church engaging in missionary preparedness seems like beyond borders mission missions training camp is designed to uh, at least come alongside the church and assist with that with that matter of missionary preparedness but as you mentioned in the previous segment um, it may be even more uh, important to the way that we think in terms of preparing to reach the world uh, that has got to reach into the home and uh, which which brings me to the to the second resource that you've put a lot of time and effort into more recently, which is not just about missionary preparedness, but missions awareness and seeing the world and seeing the need for the gospel around the world. Uh, so tell us a little bit about about this more recent project, uh, Impact Geography. So one thing that I love to do when I preach, I love to preach with a map. I've only ever seen a couple of other guys do that. Brother Gil Anger, a missionary from Australia years ago, he would preach with the map behind him. And he he taught me things about the world I, I just I didn't get when I was in school. I just didn't. Maybe I maybe it was there and I, I, I wasn't listening. But uh, as I take the map out and I'm preaching different places, just taking a, a laser pointer and looking at the map, what I'm finding is 
it's not just a problem we have with our high school students, but our adults, even in churches, we cannot identify the basic geography of the world. So when we talk about the Mediterranean Sea, and we would go down and we would look, you know, bordering to the south, we would look at North Africa and then come up, we would look at at the Balkans, we would look at Turkey, we would talk about uh, Italy. And when I'm talking about these things, there's a disconnect between me and the students because they don't know what we're talking about. Uh, I will hand out a laser pointer at a, at a Christian school or at a teen conference and say, somebody, find Thailand. Somebody, hey, where's Bangladesh? Here's $10. Find Bangladesh. Here's $100. I mean, come on, find Bangladesh. They're looking at Peru. They're looking at Indonesia. And and I, I started doing that just because it was kind of fun. It was an icebreaker for us. But honestly, it started getting very frustrating because here are young people that they do love God and they do care about lost people. And they were ignorant concerning the geography of the world. Now, I'm going to say this, and, and uh, we are Abeka people. My kids were born and raised in Abeka. My kids are 4.0 students. They 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 got it. They understood. They they did a great job. I love homeschooling. I love Christian education. I love Abeka and some of the other places that are out there. They do give you facts, but what we've done with those geographical facts is we memorized them, we filled in the blanks, and we discarded them. Because yeah. the facts were disconnected from the passion, right? Yeah. So you got to somehow marry passion for Christ and for the world with the facts so that the two could work together. And so God really began to burden us on this to introduce the world to students in a way that it didn't just bypass their heart, you know, not just their head. And so we, we, we call it impact geography because its intention is to impact the world and to turn the world upside down. I, I am an optimist. I get, man, I get mocked all the time for my optimism. I believe that this impact geography course will change the nature of missions in our country and it will change the outcome of missions in the world. Because if you bring young people to the map and to the scripture and show them the need in the world, the Holy Spirit of God really begins to do the, something in their heart. I read the other day, Brother Lee, that uh, 75% of missionaries surrender to the foreign mission field before the age of 12 years old. Wow. 75%. So if we've waited till college, we have lost our missionary force. Hmm. So what we do with Impact Geography is we just sat around the map one day, and I had a bunch of missionaries here, and we said, how would we do this? And, and full disclosure, you want full disclosure? I got kicked out of Christian school. I've never graduated. I don't have a diploma in my name, right? So <laughs> I have no right or authority to build any curriculum. I mean, <laughs> full disclosure, this is not me. Somebody else should do this. So I called all the smart people I know, and I said, hey, I've got an idea. Let's build a homeschool curriculum and Christian school curriculum that introduces geography in light of world missions. Everybody said, that's a great idea, but that's not my thing. And these guys are smart. They can do it. They know how to do it. And brother, I got shot down from everywhere. And so last, last February, my wife and I took three days. We just studied the scriptures and we just laid on our faces and we said, God, if this is what you want us to do, we'll do it. But there's got to be someone better. The Lord confirmed 
that this is what we're supposed to do. And so we got all these missionaries together. We looked at the mountains and said, how do you start this? And one of them, Brother Chris Hewitt, he said, you start where Jesus started in Israel. And so that's what we did. We started in Israel and we began to break the world into sections as it relates to the Great Commission. And we have 15 sections of the world. We have the Middle East, then we have Turkey and the Caucasus, then we have Europe, we have North Africa, South Africa. Uh, you, you divide into 15 nations and then into 15 regions. And then we begin to look at those regions as the gospel moved into those regions and what happened. So yes, it's geography. You're learning the the cities and the places and those, but, but it's deeper than that. Because if you take the Middle East, we divided that into three sections. First of all, the Levant. So you have Jordan and Lebanon and Syria and Israel. What do those countries, how, what is happening there today with the gospel? And, and how did the gospel first penetrate those regions? So there are 460 individual lessons that have been written. And I mean, it, it, it's so comprehensive. Just taking the nation of Israel, you'll have six or eight lessons to look at the ministry of Jesus geographically. Where did he go and what did he do? Then what happened with the Apostle Paul and the other disciples as, as they begin to take responsibility for the Great Commission? Then what happened as it moved into Lebanon and then into Syria? And are there instances in the first century where that there were disciples made there? What happened to those disciples? Are there disciples being made there today? So when we finish the Levant region, you spent six or eight days just diving into what is this region? Who lives there? What is the need? Then we go up as the gospel spread up into Turkey, into the Caucasus. We've been in the Caucasus into Azerbaijan. And in Azerbaijan, there's a stone building sets there with a plaque on it that says this place was a church erected in the first century AD. I mean, wow. it's amazing. Yeah, how the gospel spread into Armenia and then into Azerbaijan and then Turkey. We, we call Turkey the Bible Belt of the first century. Everything that happens almost happens in Turkey. Uh, yes. The Apostle Paul is from Turkey. You have the, the, the church at Antioch is in modern-day Turkey. You have the churches of Revelation in Turkey. You have all Galatia in Turkey. Uh, Timothy is native from Turkey. And so you begin to study Turkey, not what are the rivers in the capital, because that's that's elementary stuff. What is sure. God doing in Turkey? Is God there? Are there believers there? Is there persecution? And so 460 individual lessons, the classroom is set up to where you do three of those per day. They take about 10 minutes. And so it's a quick read of about a thousand words and in a three minute video or so. The website I could not be happier. I, I mean, you, I, I'm not tooting my own horn because, again, I can't build a website and I can't hardly <laughs> spell. But what God has done by bringing these people together, I believe the website is is probably one of the greatest tools I've seen for training people. It's put together so simply. You simply take the class, you watch the video, you answer the questions, you, you do the check-in. It's all self-graded. It's self-paced. and uh, this is just the first class because as we finish impact geography, we're going to go to impact history and then we're going to step back. This is for high school. We're going to step back to the elementary classroom and we're going to make a fun, engaging geography class for young students 
where they can see missions come to life on the map. Wow. There is no doubt when a student finishes this, they will understand what missions is, what God is doing in the world. And, And here's what I love about this. And I don't, I don't know you. We have not met. I don't know what camp you're in or if you are in one, but I don't care <laughs> if you are Macedonia, Hiles Anderson, if you're BIMI. All this course is is Bible and in geography. It doesn't slap anybody, insult anybody. It just says the world is lost. Here's where they are. Here's what they need to know. And I believe that God is going to use this to put the burden for missions in thousands of young people's hearts. Now, you say, what's the hindrance? Here's the hindrances. There's always been two great hindrances to world evangelism. And I don't mean to be critical, but it comes down to parents and pastors. Parents and pastors, we like to raise our kids and keep them. I pastored for seven years. I couldn't wait for my son to be old enough to be my assistant pastor and keep him. I mean, it's just what we do. And so for a parent or a pastor to look at this course and say, you know what? We want our children to be engaged in missions. We're going to put them into this course. I'm getting pushback, brother, because we don't want our kids to think <laughs> about missions. Look, hey, look, you know I'm right. You're laughing. You know I'm right. Here's what happens. We want a man to come and preach giving so our church will give more to missions. We don't want someone to come and take our children. Nobody wants that, but the world is waiting for the gospel, and impact geography calls young people to go, and uh, there has to be a willing pastor and a willing parent to say, you know what? We want our children to be engaged, to know the world, and to engage the world, and so that's where we're going to see our pushback. It's not from the teens. It's not the students. They're open. Well, that is the ultimate missions offering, isn't it? When you yep. are willing to send your kids or your grandchildren to the other side of the world in obedience oh, it's, to it's, our Lord's it's command. It's painful. It's sure. painful. But, but, you know, as John said, there's, I have no greater joy. I mean, wh- what, what a great privilege to say, hey, maybe God would touch my son's heart. This just happened a few months ago. There was about an 80-year-old lady in a wheelchair, pushed her way to the front while I was preaching. And after I got done, she was weeping, sobbing. I said, ma'am, can I help you? She said, Brother Matt, she said, I just want to repent. She said, I'm sorry. She said, for years I prayed that God would not send my children to the mission field. Wow. And she now at 80 years old says, there's nothing that could have been greater than for my family to engage the loss with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing that could have been better. And so uh, we do, I think maybe we have to die to our ambitions to let our children do what God has called them to do. Amen. It occurred to me as you were relating the, the, your, your thoughts about the map, uh, it has come up uh, on multiple occasions on this podcast where men have related in, re- in, in relation to their missionary calling. Uh, however they characterize that, that um, they were sitting down looking at a map, praying over a map. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe, we can, maybe we can help this, uh, this thing by putting a map into the hands of young people a bit earlier, maybe even while they have greater sensitivity uh, yes. to, <laughs> to 
our Lord's command and and their availability to respond. I'm intrigued by the by the uh, the introduction of missions history in connection with geography, uh, because you really can't you really can't understand the map apart from yes. history. It, and you know, brother, when I when I heard from when I heard from your some of your associates about this uh, impact geography, I was in an airport. Um, and I was listening to an audio book uh, by Tim Marshall entitled Prisoners of Geography. It's a secular work. Yes, sir. Um, but but it's, it's, it was very well done um, relating the present day map uh, to history and how so much of what we see in geopolitics is connected to um, – it's, it's, it's just – it's just the facts of where the oceans are at, where the where right. the mountains are located, and um, so I, I was just it was it was very interesting. I, I I think that if we're going to reach the world, we've got to know where it's at, and if we're going to teach yeah. the nations, we need to figure out where they're located, and if we're going to go to the innermost parts of the earth, uh, I guess we're going to have to find those. Yes, sir. So, I I believe that we're ready for it. And again, this is my optimism coming out, my op- optimism that was based in Scripture, because the Lord gave us a task. He told us to do it. He told us why to do it. He told us how to do it. And so there's no excuse for the world to not be reached in our day. And I'm telling you, the stronger we preach it, don't don't be tempted to back down and preach it weaker, because it doesn't appeal to anybody. The stronger we preach it, the more young people are responding, the more they respond to this call, the less they are attracted to the world and the, the things of the world, and the more free they live. And I, I'm seeing God do something, and, and I think that God maybe raise up something that's maybe non-traditional. You know, go, go to a foreign mission field as an English teacher and get paid to do it. You know, they pay $20 an hour on a, in almost any foreign mission field right now to teach English. So there, there's... A group of young people today that that are really working outside the box, they're yeah. coloring outside the lines, uh, and, and I think I think being there to shape them and help them um, is, is going to be something that that you and I get to have a great part of here in the next coming generation. Exciting prospects, really is. So for for interested parents and pastors, uh, how can they get a hold of Impact Geography? How can they learn more? So the website's really easy. It's impactgeo.org. And you could go on there. You can try the lessons out. You can do, uh, um, there's several videos that walk through lessons and show you how it works. Um, we have people signing up now. We have quite a few students uh, go ahead and they start it in the summer. That's what I like about homeschoolers is they do what they want. <laughs> so they, they went ahead and started. We probably have about 100 active students right now on the lessons. Uh, I have a couple schools that have signed up their whole schools, so they'll be starting off in the fall. But uh, look, if if you sign up and and you, you say, "Brother Matt, that's not what I thought it was," just shoot me an email. We'll give you the money back. There is no money being made on any of this stuff. If if you know missions, you know money's being lost about every turn that that we do something. <laughs> this is not a business. Again, if I could retire out of this, I would retire out of this too because I am not an educator. Um, but man, God. God put it in our hearts and yeah, he opened yeah. the opportunity to do it. And so we just want to serve parents and churches and, and help them prepare their young people. 
Well, as you as you described how this material came together, uh, it sound it it's it is clear to see that that you have brought to the table the passion that's necessary for teaching this material, and then God's put you in contact with some smart folks that uh, that have <laughs> access to the facts, and so uh, yes, passion sir. and facts that's that's uh, that makes for uh, effective geography instruction, doesn't it? <laughs> Brother, it takes it's taken. We've had all summer long starting in starting in March, we've had five full-time people on this and, um, it's been, it's been really neat. And I do, I, I don't even write, I speak into my phone and it translates it to text. And I send that to our editor. They're like, what are you trying to say? But (laughs) it's, it is amazing how God brings people, you know, our editor, she worked for Rebecca for three years. And so she can uphold an academic standard and some of the writing and the grammar. and, And man, that is such a blessing to me because I know if I would have done that, Oh, it would have been horrible. And, uh, and, and, and the others who are working on it, they, they, they just have so much passion and skill. Um, and I'm grateful the Lord, I'm grateful the Lord is using me in it, but, uh, yeah, but it's not me. If somebody else has a burden for this kind of stuff, contact me and, and maybe this is your thing, you know? Um, but I, I could see, I could see the platform is built so, so smoothly. We can upload so many different lessons and so many things on this. I, I see a great opportunity to expand this into more and more education for missions. Amen. And missions to, to get the job done is going to take teamwork. And God sounds like God's put together a team there to to put together some material to uh, facilitate what the what what this is all about, reaching the world. Hey, on on my part, uh, of having lived on the road for about a year and then transitioned to a foreign country, and having only recently gotten some kind of stable internet connection, um, I, I'll as as you formulate your vision for the future. I, I, I put a vote in for printed material being available in time as well. <laughs> Maybe put together so, a textbook in, in time. That would be great. <laughs> so what we did is we, we, we started writing it as a uh, online course. And I woke up one night. I said, this is not going to work. I said, we have to write a book because I can format <laughs> a book. It's 51 chapters. I can take a 51-chapter book and put it on a website. I can't take a website and put it on a book. So we actually, that's what we did. We wrote the book. And wow. so the book is being formatted to the web version. So as it's finished, the book will be available. And then we'll do kind of an Abeka style classroom training via either DVD or streaming to where one of our instructors is teaching it. Right now, it's all online. And I know some sure. of the Christian schools are like, man, we don't want our kids to have a phone. But that's just the way it is. It's all online right now. But by sure. next year, sure. we'll have the book in print and then we'll go to the to the DVDs classes. So yeah, Amen. that that was an afterthought for me, but uh, it will be. Sure, sure, brother Stallman. I really enjoyed the conversation, I, brother. I'm provoked by your passion for world missions. I'm always uh, honored to to have a conversation with somebody that's thinking critically, um, that is that is taking the. Uh, that, that that is that is willing to delve into the intellectual and academic a- aspects. These elements of thinking critically about Pauline missionary uh, methods and and missions history, but also to unite that with with a burning desire to see the world uh, evangelized and for the the commission uh, to be taken seriously by families and churches. So uh, thank you for what you're doing uh, in Beyond Borders. Thank you for what you're doing with uh, Impact Geography. 
I trust that the Lord will bless it. And I really appreciate your transparency in that first segment. Uh, I think that we were able to tackle some things uh, that I didn't sure. even yes. anticipate them coming up. But but I do think that those that that the that the subject matter, as the Lord would have it, was was very helpful. So appreciate your time. Well, thank brother. you, thank you very much for having us on here and just letting me talk through some of these things and. Uh, Really, it's just our desire is that people just gain a deeper understanding, a deeper burden for missionary work. And I really do, I really do see God in these in these last days raising up a, a new missions movement, so that we don't have to go back and read, you know, the, all, all of the the stuff of the past and, and say where where is that today? I, I believe that we'll see something great today, and I, I'm glad that you're doing what you're doing here to provoke people too. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope the conversation has been informative. If you would like to learn more about the Beyond Borders Mission Camp, you can access their website at bbmissions.org. To access more information about the Impact Geography homeschool material, including a sample lesson, you can visit impactgeo.org. You can subscribe to this program on a variety of different podcasting apps. And if it's been a blessing to you, feel free to invite others to tune in or rate and review the program wherever you may be listening. I always welcome your feedback. You can contact me, Brother Lee, by email at greatcommissionconversations at gmail.com. Until next time, let's do what we can to preach the gospel in the regions beyond.